Welcome to Box to Box Football. Hey, welcome to Box to Box Football. We got me, JJ, and Stu, and a bunch of craziness all around the world this weekend into today, probably some tomorrow. Uh, see if Middlesbrough can keep the dream alive and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I know you guys were watching a bunch of games today. Uh, first of all, how, how's everybody doing? Yeah, all good. Um, should be duly noted that I guess I failed on a promise of saying that Mike Samsel would be here on this uh, podcast to discuss Leicester 1, Ipswich Town 1. Uh, apparently he's bowling, so market 8, dude. But um, yeah, Leaf Davis with the own goal to give Leicester the lead before Jeremy Sarmiento with the goal one minute before the end of normal time has it 1-1. That league, by the way, in the championship, Southampton still haven't lost since mid-September. Um, all of a sudden, it's become a league again. Uh, and I think we'll probably be diving into a bit more of that, Stu. But I know you also had that one on, uh, as well as all the AFCON craziness and also work obligations. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Whenever there's games on during the week, I work, you know, kind of normal-ish hours. So, it's tough. I try to have uh, you know my laptop on one game. We have like a side TV where I have a game on. So I had the Brighton Wolves on that. I had the the Leicester Ipswich on their TV. So you know I'm I'm watching. I'm keeping up. I'm not watching as closely as I want to be watching, but at the same time, it's it's better than nothing. It's better than you know just seeing it on Twitter and whatnot. I just I I think I, I think Ipswich Town's in a little bit of trouble in that. And I know they had that big you know that big lead, that big cushion uh, in second there. You know. I, I, you know, you look back and see Southampton and Leeds, two teams that were in the Premier League um, last year. And and I, I just I, I think it's going to probably come down to those two teams. I, I don't think Southampton's going to catch Leicester, but, you know, it's possible at this point. The lead's only eight at this point. But You know, Southampton actually play. They have a string of games in March where they play literally everybody that's around them sequentially. So if they go through that, they basically – can win the league Ipswich lost a couple of players to uh, recalls believe it or not so they their squad depth has hit a little bit uh still Hurst is out for at least another six weeks with an injury so that's kind of one part of that goal scoring triumvirate gone but yeah it'll be a fascinating league to watch I think also Stu spoke about the one Premier League matches on Monday and once again, Monday Night Football guys kind of throwing a stinker up. I mean, Brighton nil, Wolves nil, probably both teams at the point. I don't think, Stu, there's much that we need to discuss about this one. No, it was interesting. Obviously, both teams have each have a guy that is at the Asian Cup that's pretty key. Uh, Wolves obviously with Wang Yi Chan and Brighton with Matoma. So you, you kind of lose some of that firepower there. But I didn't see this as a nil-nil. I mean, Brighton... They score and concede basically every game they play. Uh, Wolves are shown a tendency lately as, you know, to be able to score some key goals. Uh, Pedro Neto back in the starting 11 for Wolves. So I was kind of shocked to see no goals in this one. It kind of, you know, was a little bit surprising. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess each team will take a point. I know Wolves on the road, they, that's kind of something that they would probably be pretty happy with getting a point there. But, uh, uh, Sean, I don't know what you saw from that game. But to me, I was pretty shocked to see no nil. I just want to ask you a question. What odds would you have given me with 17 matches to go that Wolves and Newcastle will be even on points with the same amount of points at 29? That, oh. that, that, 
if if someone would have off if someone would have said that to me, I would have said cause I, no I, I think I, I would have just laughed at him. Like there's who, no who, way. who would be the Wolves manager at the time of the bet? Not that we're betting people, but <laughs> if you if you had the current manager, I'd say forget it. If you had the previous manager, I'd say probably five hundred to one. But I, I think yeah. it's more of a testament of how bad and inconsistent Newcastle have been than to discredit what Wolves have done because I mean they've been nothing short of sensational. Wolves, yeah. I mean, you look Newcastle's right now, Newcastle has more losses than wins in the Premier League, which is to me. I mean, that's some that's almost a fireable offense at this point, sackable offense, whatever you want to say it. You know, Wolves eight, five, and eight with a minus one goal difference. And you know, they've picked up 10 points from their last 12. And this isn't this is one of their they've done this over this is like the second time they've gone on these stretches. Um I I just I've been really impressed by Wolves. Uh I I, I think, you know, obviously the manager of the year never comes from somewhere down the table. I think one, when Pouas came in and kept after uh, what's the worst manager of all time, DeBoer uh, came in and Pouas kept them up uh, seven loss, seven, seven matches, seven losses, no goals. As Jose said, the worst manager of all time. Um, and Pouas came in and kept them up, I, you know, I, I, and got him up to like 10th. I think I gave him manager of the year, but, you can make a decent case because I know I don't think anyone would have thought uh, Wolves would be this high, but you know they they do what they do. Wolves are you know they're a tough team to play. I know United's got them coming up, um, and you know they're always a tough team to play against. And I, it's it's they're one of the teams I actually like to watch. You know at this point, you know Bournemouth. You know I don't mind watching them when Bournemouth's playing Brentford or something like that. You know I always kind of want to watch those and you know i know we got some something i know we got a little bit to talk about with brentford yeah um though i would have to say wolves are only three points off of a potential european spot so sean if wolves make europe then does o'neill get manager of the year i i mean if they make if they finish top seven I, and it's never going to be him. They'll give it to Unai Emery or whoever you know. Pep wins the league with a great, you know, with a billion dollar squad, whatever. But I, I would give it to someone like that. Yes, a hundred percent. Because look, he, he first of all he gets sacked from Bournemouth, so you could say whatever about that. But um, you know, he, he it's it's just crazy. I mean, if they make it to the top seven and get into Europe, he's a hundred percent the manager. I mean. The, with all this stuff, people thought Wolves were going down. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I I would 100% probably give it to him. I think he's the, he he's done probably the best job so far of of the teams. I mean, when you look at the table, um, he's like the anti um, Eddie Howe right now. Uh, you know, Liverpool's Liverpool and City are probably where they're supposed to be. Everyone thought Villa was a top four team. You know, Tottenham's a pretty good squad. David Moyes has gonna done a great job with West Ham. You know, you can make the argument there. Brighton's been eh. United stinks. Chelsea stinks. Newcastle stinks. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think it's got to be him. Yeah, if Villa finish top four, I'm sure, like Sean kind of alluded to, Emery will get it. But if they fall out of top four and they only finish fifth or sixth, and you have Wolves finishing seventh or eighth, I mean, I think you give it to Gary O'Neill. I definitely. I echo a lot of what Sean said. I'm just so impressed by him. They're a fun team to watch, especially when they have all their guys. They have a couple guys out right now, as I mentioned. But 
yeah, I, I've been really impressed. And there's a team I thought would be relegated. And clearly I'm 100% wrong about that. And I'm, I'm happy to admit that because, wow, they've they've been impressive. Yeah, that they have. Um, four other matches on the docket this weekend. And I think one common theme, even though you could say that Wolves Brighton nil-nil could be points potentially lost for those teams. There are some teams that left some points out there on the weekend. And I think what Sean said, let's go to let's go the G Tech, uh, where Brentford knocked off Forest 3-2, where Foamgate, and no, I'm not talking one about one about of those uh college foam parties where who uh did some things with who i don't know if we could say that really but uh you know that that's a thing instead ivan tony elects to pick up some foam just slide it nicely over let's create just a little bit more of an angle and sweeps it in on his return 20 minutes into that match then just back and forth frankly i've said this a few times about nottingham forest that team cannot defend crosses into the box if their life depended on it because then ben me gets in on the act neil mope scores the winner um to cancel out what was another chris wood equalizer and looking at the situation of where the table is right now guys you're seeing forest just once again hanging precariously above the drop if they got themselves three points there we're not factoring in any potential point deductions that they're having i'm just looking at the table exactly how it has their four points off the drop luton have a match in hand they could have been seven with a win you know plus one so five with a draw brentford though they creep a little bit further away who from these teams guys actually probably benefits more from this result I probably would say Brentford just because now you have Mope going, you've got Tony back, and obviously he's going to be coming with a vengeance. And Bomo, once he comes back, he's going to be obviously in great form. I think all of a sudden you could see Brentford making that quick shoot up the table if everyone's on to that mid-table respectability. Yeah, I think I think with Tony back, Brentford, you know, once again, and Bomo comes back – they're, they won't be anywhere near the, the drop zone at this point. I mean, they're they're too good a team. I, 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 they they struggle. When you lose their top two guys, any team is going to struggle uh, to score goals. And I think that was the problem with, with Renford. And I think – I don't think – A, I don't think they'll have a problem. You know, you look at the table. I mean, there's seven points behind Newcastle, who's in 10th. Like, I, I don't think they're going to – I think they can get up to 12th, probably 12th, maybe – you know, 11th, uh, they still have a game in hand, but that, that would be pretty good compared, you know, compared to, the, to what, what's been happening. They'll stay up. But, you know, I, I think if you're a team that has to play them down the stretch here, you know, once Tony gets back and, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder, obviously about, you know, I mean, you know, it's his own fault, but whatever. I mean, he, he came out with that whole story this weekend and, and they, they, you know, he's kind of try to spin it and whatever. But if that's what it takes, he, he, he's going to score. Um, they're making this like forest at this point with this whole thing. Uh, like, come on. It, it happens every that, this stuff happens all the time. It's because it was Tony and he's a cheater. I say in quotes like that. But that stuff, hey, come on, man. Like, he, 
I, I, I don't want to hear anything. Newcastle or, or, or Nottingham Forest better never do anything like that the rest of the season because, you know, it's just part of the game. Like, you just move the ball over. You happen to move the foam. Like, if you would have just scratched the foam out or something like this and moved it, you know, whatever. But you, you, you can't go back and take the goal away or anything. Why don't you just move the wall over? Reset the wall or something like this. They had time to reset the wall. He moved it, and the keeper looked at him, and they had time to reset the wall. They didn't. The goal went in. It is what it is. I think it could be a huge point lost for Forrest, especially where you look at the situation yep. that they have the likes of Nikate, Sangare, Kuyate, Ainaboli, and Serge Ori, all on international duty right now. You're playing teams that you're around in the standings at the moment. These are the teams that if you can chip points off of them, you're going to find yourself within safety. We've spoke about how fun it is to watch Forrest go forward. And now that you have Chris Wood, that's in decent goal scoring for that kind of adds that nice little punch up top. Um, but I don't know, Stu, I, I think this, uh, I'm trying to look ahead here, what Forrest have to come, if they can even bring in some players to try and make things happen, but they've got, Arsenal at home, Bournemouth away, Newcastle home, West Ham home, Villa away, Liverpool away, Brighton. Or sorry, Liverpool home, Brighton away. I mean, they need to find ways to scrap something out. Otherwise, I really think that they're going to be in the drop. I do too. I mean, forget the point deductions. We we don't even have, you can mention we don't even have to talk about the point deductions. You just look at the you just look at the team. Now they've been a little better. I think with Nuno, I, I think he's done a nice job. The, the counterattacking football's kind of worked. I see they actually have seven counterattacking goals this year, which is the most out of any uh, team in the top five of European leagues, which is, I, I thought was kind of interesting. But but yeah, I mean, the, the talent's not there. The, the A lot of guys are gone, like you mentioned, at AFCON and the Asian Cup, uh, mostly AFCON. I don't know. I just, I just, it's, I'm going to have a tough time seeing them. I think it's between them and Luton Town. And as we've kind of talked about on past episodes, you know, we, we kind of crowned Luton Town going into the season in terms of, okay, there's no way this team is going to stay up. There's no way the town is there. But I watch Luton Town a bunch and they're fun to watch. They, they play really hard. I just think they have a scrappiness to them. They, they play well at home. That, 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 that's, that's a tough place to, Kemmels was a tough place to play. I, I kind of agree with you. I do feel like Town's going to be the one that survives this and Nottingham Forest is the one, at least of any other team of the non-promoted teams. I think New, uh, Nottingham Forest is the one that is the most in danger. If it was someone else, I'd be kind of surprised. I know Palace has had some issues too, but and we'll get to them. But but yeah, Forest is the one for me that's just like, uh, it, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Town, they'll be hosting Brighton on next Tuesday because there's the FA Cup matches coming up this weekend but Luton are they're just one of those blue collar teams like they just they work for each other they're a squad that I don't know they're they're, they're classic a little old school mentality they're not lumping the ball forward and just playing that route one style that we saw back in the 70s and the 80s and some parts of the 90s but like as you rightly said they're a team that just yeah they're easy to root for. The story obviously helps that, but you don't have a lot of big name guys on the roster. You have guys that have been through the toils. You've had guys that have climbed the ladder with this club that have stayed loyal to the club. And frankly, we don't actually have much of that in professional sports anywhere. 
players that will stay with the team for a long time. So, yeah, I, I think that they're one that could truly be there um, fighting for that spot 17 at the end. And another team that could be there or thereabouts got a key point on the weekend um, on Sunday is that 2-2 draw between Sheffield United and West Ham. Kind of a wild game where Cornet gets himself off the mark on the half hour before Ben Brereton Diaz. Welcome back to England, my friend, because this was a guy that was absolutely doing bits for Blackburn Rovers. He goes to Spain, doesn't work out, gets a lo- gets a move back to Sheffield of all places. He goes and scores, and then we have catastrophe at the end where West Ham get a, pen- get a goal off of a penalty from James Ward-Prowse, and then you have red cards basically back-to-back. Then you have Areola committing a penalty in what the eighth minute of stoppage time does his arm in. You have to bring Fabianski off the bench to try and stop an Ollie McBurney penalty. It doesn't happen. And Sheffield United now, they're still obviously very much in the mix at the bottom. They're seven points off the – you're getting out of safety at the moment. But you have a feeling, Sean, that we've seen this story be played a couple of times before where – that scrappy team at the bottom that maybe all of a sudden say, Hey, there's a week and change left in the transfer window. Let's see if we can add someone and try to sell it as, Hey, you can be part of history and keep us up in this division. You you never know. If I was any of the bottom three, you know, specific, I said, I think I said last week, I think Luton town stays up. If, if either Everton or Nottingham forest or both get uh, more, for a first points deduction, uh, I, I think Luton would be the the first team they'll stay up just because of the way they've been playing. But I, I, I think if you're one of these teams, Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton Town, you, you, you got to feel like, listen, there's a chance. You know, we we got to do everything we can here to 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 try to compete because be it within ten points or be within eight points of, of these teams because you know they could get those. The, the, that deduction and we could stay up. So, uh, you know, points like this against, you know, West, West Ham's a top 16, obviously they, you know, they're, they're, they have, they're defending European champions of the conference league. Uh, but you know, they're, they just won a European cup. Uh, you know, you, you get a, you get a monster goal 10 minutes into stoppage time. You pull a point out. It's one of these things where, Hey, look, this is where it starts. We start here. This is where we get it. You, know, you get a goal from, like you said, Brayton Diaz. Um, you know, if you get a guy in and get two guys in, you know, take – look, man, take Anthony Martial on loan, please. Take Anthony on loan, please. Take – take. Uh, I don't even know, man. We'll, we'll give you any you – know, here's a pick of seven guys you could take from United. But, if they, you know, if they get some guy – if they get a couple people in, yeah, look, I, you know. All these teams, you know, there's not a lot of separate. I mean, there you, there was separation before. It's Sheffield United is, is is still is on ten points. They only have two wins. They're not great. They have a minus thirty four goal difference. But if it, they have two draws in their last four, if if you get a win, or you know you, you you can get a win and a draw, all of a sudden you're on fourteen points and you're only three back of Everton. You know, Luton Town, they're on sixteen points. That with two wins and a draw in their last four, these teams, I think, there's a little bit of hope for them now. Um, where, where you know, for the first 
six or whatever, four months of the season, we're saying there's no chance they stay up. Now, they, they I, if I was all three of them, I'd say, look, there's a chance. And Chip, th- those are the kind of points, maybe that point at the end of the season, if they're, if they're trailing, you know, nine and fours by nine points and they get deducted 10, that's the point that could keep them up. So uh, I, I still don't think they're any good, but, and I don't think Burnley's any good. I think Lutontown's, much better. I think Luton Town scores some goals. They don't give up as many. You know, their goal difference is minus 14 compared to minus 21 and minus 34. You know, I think that's something where they could kind of close that gap a little bit. That goal difference is going to end up being big. So, yeah, you know, if they get somebody in, if if they can get some goals from Brayton Diaz and like they did already, you know, there's a chance. There's a glimmer of hope for these teams, and I don't think there was much of one before that announcement last week on the flip side i kind of want to hit on west ham a little bit because this is a team that i'm actually really stumped about over the last five weeks or so um and it's kind of confusing as well because we we look at the job that david Moyes has done over his tenure at west ham he's won a european title he's brought this team to basically almost kind of the peak that he could He's done this with a skeleton squad over the last couple of seasons, and I'm truly astonished, but Frank, a little bit surprised that they've hung out and hung on for this long without having too many serious injuries. But I keep going back to the point that you sold Declan Rice in the offseason and you still haven't fully recouped all that money. You brought in some players, but maybe not enough to get you going. This is a guy that in the FA Cup last week couldn't even fill out his roster completely with senior players or players at all. He had to bring two reserve goalies just because to have eight players on the bench. Meanwhile, you've got fans that are kind of confused with multiple London clubs about what the direction that they're going in. We'll get to Crystal Palace in a second, but I'm kind of confused on what the direction that West Ham want to go on because up until early December, they were flying. The form was great. And then all of a sudden you get drubbed by Liverpool in the EFL cup. And then you just gone on this slide of matches. And I don't know, there's, you have injuries one. Sure. You have players that are out in international turns, So you'll get back as well, but they don't play again until Feb 1st. You have the window to try and add some players and looking at the next six games that you have coming up. The only team that you play that's above you being West Ham is Arsenal. Everybody else is below you. The form needs to start coming, Stu, right now. And I don't know where to look to maybe outside of Jared Bowen to try and drag this team out of the mud. And if they don't, then I feel horrible for David Moyes because I think he's done a fabulous job as their manager. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I like you kind of mentioned the injuries. Uh, Bowen was a doubt for this match. But he luckily was, you know, able to come back. Uh, you don't have Pakita, that's a major miss. You don't have Kudas, that's also a major miss as he's at Afcon. Uh, at least for now, he'll be back very soon. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you, JJ. Like, you, you know, I have seen it. It looks like they're linked to Calvin Phillips. I don't know if Calvin Phillips is the answer. Uh, obviously, you know, you can't really take what he's done at Man City, which is pretty much absolutely nothing. Uh, but. Obviously, he was a very, very, very good player at Leeds. A lot of teams wanted him. So maybe West Ham is that middle ground. Maybe he finds his form back at West Ham. Maybe that's the guy they buy him. Kind of is a good guy for that back line. 
but when I look at this team when they're full strength, it, it always to me comes back to like the back line. It just doesn't feel like it's a back line that's good enough. Like they have guys like Bowen is great. I, I would take Bowen on Liverpool as a solid replacement this summer if that happens. I think he's that good. Uh Pakita, we know Man City is kind of on the trail of him. Another wonderful player. Kudas is another guy that give it a year, another year, you know. They paid a lot of money for him. They'll probably make money off of him if they want to sell him uh, like they did Declan Rice last summer. James Ward-Prowse is a great player. I think he fits that role very nicely. Uh, but then you look at the back line, you guys like, yeah, like Zuma, Sufal, Emerson. It's just, that, that's where I think is the problem. That's where I think they're not good enough. And yeah, sometimes they struggle to score goals. That's definitely true. But it's a lot of times where it's defensive gaps that I think is the reason why West Ham, you know, maybe they finished ninth or 10th instead of you know fifth or sixth which i think they have a pretty good team they may be capable of finishing in a european spot but you know we'll see what happens um count phillips the answer i think that's that's the question <laughs> i i i just i think w- when you look at west ham you know they're they're you know they play bournemouth next then they're at united then they they have arsenal nottingham force the, the schedule's not too difficult uh but then you know, right, which is why I said they need to hit form now. The, like they need to start playing good football now. Then around the time of the Europa League round of 16, when they have those back, you know, you're going to be playing March 16th or the 14th and the whatever, you got Villa and you got Newcastle and you got Spurs, the quarterfinals right there. You got Wolves away. You know, if they're going to be in these quarterfinals, the the, the semifinals, maybe. Because I, 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 I do think they're good enough. You know, that look, they're six in the Premier League. I mean, they're good. They have a good enough team to go through Europe and make a run. You know, right around the semifinals, you got Liverpool and Chelsea. So, you know, they're, they're going to have these games, these huge games in the Premier League based around when they're playing in the Europa League. And, uh, you know, like you said, they're they're going to have to get a little cushion because, you know, at some point, once again, you know, do you concentrate on a tournament where it's, you know, two, you know, if I can win a leg and, and, and get into the quarterfinals and get, you know, and now all of a sudden I'm in the quarterfinal against, I don't know, Marseille or somebody like this, a winnable draft, not, you know, and I'm I'm like two matches from a final that could get me into the Champions League. Um, you know, do I start to focus on that a little more? Do I, cause you know, they're not making top four. They're not good enough to make top four. You know, they could make Europa league. They could make conference league, whatever. They just won the conference league. They're in the Europa league with a chance to win it. Um, once again, I, you know, I, any of wolves, Brighton or Liverpool could win the Europa league. I mean, all the, all those, I, they, they, they arguably should be the three favorites. Um, yeah. Agreed. So, um, you know, you get a little luck. Maybe Liverpool has to play Brighton over two legs and Brighton, you know, Brighton has to play Liverpool, whatever. You, you get a little luck and all of a sudden you're, you, you you get that path to the final that like Roma had uh, the, the, the one year or something like this or, or to a semifinal, something like this. So um, I, 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 they're, they're, a good, they're a good team. I mean, I think he does a good job with them. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see – the problem now, like nobody's buying players in this window. Um, everybody's worried about this, the financial fair play. No, like, I mean, I, people think it's going to be crazy in this last 10 days. I, I just, 
from everything what everybody keeps saying is it's not because people maybe they're selling players but they got they no one wants to buy it because they're scared of this thing i mean it, you know if we go over the you know i i know aston villa is close because they almost got you know they, they almost got in trouble there you know wolves are close so they're not going to probably buy anybody you know maybe there's going to be some loans and stuff so uh, it, it's going to be interesting, but I do think West Ham has a chance here over the next couple of weeks to to make a little push before they get to those games. Moving on to another London club that seems to be uh, in some sort of turmoil right now or trying to find their identity or purpose, that would be Crystal Palace because they got absolutely trounced by Arsenal. And if you have Gabrielle in your name, it was a good day for you because Gabrielle, the center back with a goal, Gabriel Jesus with an assist and Gabriel Martinelli with two goals. So, you know, this is kind of like if you're FIFA and you're playing with the Korea Republic and you, you know that you're going to have Lee in the surname. If Arsenal had Gabriel, 11 of those, then you're probably winning 11, nothing. But I I'd probably want to guys talk a bit more about palace because there were a lot of fascinating scenes at the end of that match where you had, <laughs> The supporters currently voicing their opinion that the club has no direction. They have no promise, no hope. Um, a lot of shots taken at Steve Parrish, the front man in the ownership group. Roy Hodgson, of course, who may or may not even be lasting through the time that this recording goes out because we saw that um, Potter was in the stands. There's been links to other managers now. Um Guys, I, I think this is one of those of your palace. You're always a team that you're going to be living mid-table at best, I think, in the last decade since they've been here, which is a fantastic achievement for that club to have lasted in this division for that long. The highest is 10th. They got to an FA Cup final once. I think that's probably the peak. I think for them, Sean, it, it's probably more of what can we do right now just to rectify things and then we try and spend some money in between the seasons because this is a club that they're probably nowhere near any sort of financial fair play issues. They just made a, a boatload of money on Zaha. So where can they go from here? Yeah. Look, I mean, the elephant in the room is that, you know, Hodgson's this is, he's done. I mean, there there's, he's clearly not going to be the manager next year. So, you know, and he's a legend of the game. So there's that, you know, do you want to sack him? He's, he's, he's about 150 years old. Do you want to sack him? Do you want his last job in the game to be, you know, getting sacked? You know, I, I think there's a, there's, there's going to be a little, because the, the results haven't been good. And I, their squad isn't terrible. They have some players. I know they've had some injuries and stuff like that, but you know, Elise is going to be wanted by every, you know, I, I know Manchester United wants them. You know, City will want them thing. SA is going to be wanted by – they have players that people will want. Um, so they should be better. And when you look at the table, you know, right now, they have 21 points, uh, five, 10 losses, 5 wins, 6 draws, and they are currently 5 points ahead of Lutontown, and Lutontown has a match in hand. So if Lutontown wins that game, they're 2 points behind Lutontown. That's sackable – to me already. Now, how do you handle this with with Hodgson? Because he's just such a legend. I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, now might have been a decent time to do it. I, I, I know um, during this, you could have done it during the break and you didn't. And then, and then 
you, you didn't make that move in that two weeks off, and then you come back and you just got absolutely annihilated. So now, if you don't do it this week, you got two matches in like three or four days. You're not doing it between those matches, and then you know it could get worse because you know you got Brighton. I, I, they have Sheffield United at home, and then Brighton away uh, in the in the span of like three days. So, uh, and then uh, Crystal Palace has Chelsea. You know, look, if they don't beat Sheffield United, all of a sudden, you know, this could be going this could be going south quickly. And then all they're in a relegation battle. And then I think you have to make a move, but he, arguably, like Potter was there and Potter's wanted by other teams. We we, we know this already from, from reports. You know, do you make a move now? Sometimes it's that team that makes a move now. And then, you know, gets a boost up the table. You know, they, 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 maybe they win, you know, maybe they pick up nine points of their next 15. Well, now you're on 30 points. You're probably safe. But how do you handle it? Kid gloves, stuff like this. It's a really tough, like, and everybody knows he's got to go and everybody knows he's not going to be there. So, you know, just get rid of him. Yeah. And it's kind of like last year, right? Like they were kind of in a similar spot with Vieira and they, they got rid of Vieira. They brought Roy back, and now it's kind of like they're kind of back at square one. It's tough. Obviously, it's a different scenario. Vieira really didn't have that much experience, and Hodgson obviously has a ton of experience. And as you guys mentioned, is a legend of the game. I, I mean, they, they're gonna have to do it because when we were talking about Forest, that was the only other team that kind of popped into my mind. It was Palace because Palace, they're right. They're kind of in that area too of like if they don't get going soon, this they could be dragged into that race. And, and I mean. My problem with them is like you have Olise as a IU. Uh, that's like a front three that even some teams in the top 10 might want. Like, there's talent there. Like, they're scoring yep. talent there. Gahey's, you know, one of the better young English center backs. So they have some players. I'm not saying this is this incredible, you know, top six squad uh, level, you know, talent wise, but there's still some talent there where, yeah, they should be at least fighting for mid table, not in that relegation race. No, there's no way they should be. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see how this is going to transpire over the next couple of days. Stu, we go back to you though, because um, after Arsenal put up a five spot, Liverpool return to, wow, if I could actually get it out, that'd be great. Return to sender uh, with a four nil victory away at Bournemouth and a Darwin Nunez. Look at him getting a couple of big boy goals in there. Jota getting a few as well, but I mean, kind of back and forth KG in the first half right after Darwin got his first or in the second half, but Bournemouth had a response. It was met and then it was pretty much game over. Yeah, definitely. In the first half, uh, I'm going to say issues. I, I wasn't that mad. I thought, you know, they would come up with something. Uh, Liverpool's only had the lead in seven out of 21 Premier League games, which is it's kind of surprising considering how many, you know how well they've played this year. They've they've been much more of a second half team. Uh, yeah, the Nunez two goals. It was nice to see Nunez use touch for once instead of trying to rocket it past the goalie. Uh, you know, with him usually that's what you're getting, and it's usually either kicked right at the goalie or you know missing enough by about ten yards. Uh, Jota's. I- I'm happy with him. To me, he's like kind of that quintessential, just that perfect like fourth or fifth forward. He can play multiple roles. Um, he's usually not 
you know, used to playing that right wing role. Obviously, Salah's there most of the time, but that's usually not a strong position, but he actually was pretty good there. So that kind of impressed me um, in terms of just having someone that can at least take over Salah. Especially with Salah being hurt now, it's probably going to be, you know, three, four weeks at best until they get him back. So I kind of like what I've seen from from Jota. And then McAllister looked really good. He was he was really good in that match, uh, playing the six. Uh, you know, he had a lot of tackles. He had a lot of uh, progressive passes, passes into the final third. Like, he he looked really good, really comfortable in that role. Uh, I know Bournemouth, although they, they've been better of late, to be fair, to Bournemouth. I know Bournemouth isn't, like, the litmus test for, you know, how successful of a guy McAllister is, successful of a signing that he is. But I, I was really impressed with him to see what they have. And, you know, they just, they just got to start getting healthy. I know they got some pretty big ones coming up. They got they got Chelsea to 31st, Arsenal to 4th. Uh, they're they're not gonna have Salah for that. They're they're probably not gonna have Alexander Arnold for that. Maybe they will. We'll see. That's gonna be kind of a, a race against time for that. So, they, they, I think at this point they just gotta get healthy and keep getting results because uh, the team that is right there with the Man City, I don't know. It, I know they were off this weekend, but it does not seem like they're dropping off anytime soon. So any little misstep by Liverpool will will probably cost them the league. But yeah, definitely definitely happy going on the road. Tough environment. The weather wasn't good. So. To get a four 0 win, that was that was I was happy with that for sure. No, that's I mean, if you're talking about a litmus test, that's always that's the American trap game that all of a sudden you you don't perform from the jump, and all of a sudden you find yourself chasing one with 75 minutes gone. And this also sets the table up nicely. You you talk about a bunch of big games. There's a chance for Liverpool to get themselves into a cup final if they can get um, past Fulham on Wednesday. Kind of segues in nicely there. Liverpool with a 2-1 victory in the first leg back on January the 10th. Uh, that match against Fulham will be on Wednesday. I mean, Stu, it's pretty cut and dry. You, you draw or win, you're through. And I know out of the four teams that remain in this competition, Liverpool is probably the team, and I, I say this with the greatest of respect in the world, they're the team that's probably the least cares about this competition the trophy doesn't mean as much but with that being said if you're Liverpool you expect to be playing for trophies and this is against a Fulham team that have been average at best over the last few weeks yeah I, I mean look Craven Cottage is gonna be tough like that they're gonna put up a fight I have no doubt about that but yeah you do have the the one goal lead going into the game so all you have to do is draw I, I do like their chances but like you said Fulham's going to really want this. This is Fulham's chance at a trophy. Middlesbrough obviously is going to want it. This is their chance at a trophy. Chelsea too. Just as Chelsea's low chance at a trophy. Like, I mean, for all three of those teams, while Liverpool, obviously they're fighting for the league and they, I think, have a pretty good chance to win Europa League. Uh, obviously anything can happen depending on draws and, you know, there's some pretty good teams in that tournament, but they have a good chance to win that as well. I, I would like to see Liverpool's going to be motivated. Uh, I think, the weekend game against Norwich will be kind of the, the match that they, okay, let's play some youth Academy guys. Let's rotate a lot. Like I think they will play uh, a lot of their starters on Wednesday, just because they've gotten this far at this point. I do think at this point might as well go for it. Um, I think the FA cup will be where they kind of try to rotate and try to give some of the, the bigger names some rest, but uh, I do expect to win. And I think the other one is intriguing because I don't know what to think of the other one between uh, Chelsea and Middlesbrough. That's for sure. Well, Sean, we obviously have a we have we have a rooting interest in this one because our boy Michael Carrick is a, a ninety minute performance away from leading Middlesbrough to a cup final. Which I think what it's the last time we had a non Premier League team in a cup 
final, whether it's league or FA. I think it's what the 2013 one when it was Portsmouth Wigan. Were they both up at that point or? No, that was 20, 2013 FA Cup final was Wigan and City. The, okay, uh, so 2012. Might have uh, been 12 then. 12 was Arsenal lost to Birmingham City on that late goal. I, I, no, it, it was a Swansea beat uh, Bradford, Bradford City. Well, that yeah, it, it's been a minute. I think is probably the it correct answer. Twenty fifteen, I think. I want to say like, uh, I, I think it was twenty thirteen. But yeah, it's been a little bit. It's it's been a little. The Swansea team because uh, Michael Laudrup, they they smoked. I think it was Bradford City in the final. Uh, but the, yeah, I, I, I mean this this is one of those where it, Stu brought up the point about Chelsea. They want a trophy, but I think for Borough, this is us against the world right now. You know, they're still very much in the fight for the playoffs in the championship. But I mean, this again, it's another free hit. Now, the only issue is this is not going to be at the Riverside where that atmosphere is rocking. This is going to be Sean at Stamford Bridge, which for a lot of these Middlesbrough players, not a place that you're all familiar with. Yeah, I I think the one thing maybe that's going in. Well, first of all, Middlesbrough has a lead. Second thing. I, I I have to think that if Chelsea loses this game, Pochettino could be in like a lot of trouble. If they get knocked out in the, the over two legs by a championship team, um, I, I you know I you know could they make a change? I, I you know I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really else to play for. Chelsea's not finishing in the top seven. They're not, you know, they're playing a little bit better here. But you know, if 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 Middlesbrough happens to knock them out, I could, you could make the argument that Pochettino could go. Um, they've been a mess at times. I feel like they are getting better. So, but Middlesbrough doesn't even, they don't need to win. They just need to draw. Um, and it's always tough. You know, you can't go out there playing for a draw. You can, but it doesn't usually work that, that well. You know, if they can get to the first half hour, you know, nil nil, or you know, even with a lead, that would be great. But um, you know, Michael Carrick will have him ready to go. They beat him. Look, they beat him already. They beat him one nil. Um, you know, I I thought that was a huge result. Uh, going, you know, when you go to the second leg and you have to go on the road and you, all all you need is a draw. A draw or win gets you through. Um, you know, you got to you know on one goal. Uh, get you into extra time or penalties. I guess whatever they do, they go right to penalties. I think, right? Um, uh, so look, you, you you got a chance. Um, I think everybody in the world expects Chelsea to come out here and, and win the game, you know, comfortably. But I just, you know, when has Chelsea done that this year? When every time you think Chelsea's going to go out there and win a game, this is the week. They're gonna do something. This is the week they're gonna do something. Company they they've won matches three and four nil when it was nil nil in the 60th minute, and you're like, what? Like, what's going on? Then all of a sudden, you know, the 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 four buses come along, whatever. But I just I don't know, man. I I, I think they're gonna be a little nervous if Chelsea scores early. I think they'll win easily. But I, I just think there's a chance they come into this a little bit nervous, and um, you know, if, if things don't go their way early could could it go in the tank if they if they don't win i mean 
they got a tough next two. They have uh, Aston Villa Friday in the FA Cup. They're yeah. they are at home, but they have Aston Villa, and then they're at Liverpool the thirty first. So they don't win Tuesday. That could be three straight losses, and I mean, at that point, you would have to imagine Pochettino's definitely gone. But sure. who knows? I think they're in, there's. I don't think there's any chance they win Friday. To be honest, like you know, Villa is, you know, looking for through these games. You know, uh, Villa is like a like a two and a half, uh, two and a half to one underdog in that game, and and you're just looking at it, you're like, man. Chelsea's gotta win. Chelsea's not putting out a weekend lineup tomorrow. They're putting out a. They gotta win the game. So, and you gotta win by two goals unless you wanted to go. You know, to to go to the lottery. So I think you know he puts his strongest lineup out. Well, he's not putting his strongest lineup out three days later, and then having to play Liverpool in the league. So they're gonna rotate against Villa. I, I think you know Villa's sitting there like, man, I can't believe we're playing. You know, because that game could have been at, and it could have been Saturday. It could have been Sunday. They could have moved the Premier League game, whatever. But they had to have to play one uh, Tuesday and then Friday. I mean, that's just. I mean, that's a little bit unfair on Chelsea to be honest. It really should have been Saturday, give them an extra day to rest. But you know, and then you, once again, like you said, you got Liverpool. Um, so I, 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 you know, who's going to rotate? Uh, on on the weekend, so I, I I think they're in a lot of trouble uh, Friday. But I do I I, I think I, I don't I don't know that it's going to be three nil or four nil. I think it's going to be a tighter match than that. Maybe Chelsea wins you know two nil or three one and they squeak by or whatever. But I just Chelsea hasn't done anything easy the whole year. I don't know why they would do it now. No, for sure. Um, and again, that's Chelsea against Burr on Tuesday, Wednesday's Fulham Liverpool. And I will uh, go through the official fact checking. The last time a non-Premier League club did reach a either EFL Cup or FA Cup final at Wembley was, in fact, that 2013 EFL Cup when Swansea Swan battered Bradford. But yeah. the last time should be said that a non-Premier League club won a competition you have to go all the way back to 1991 when Sheffield Wednesday defeated Manchester United by one goal to nil and that was in the league cup so there could be some history on the line we shall see um guys I think at this point we'll we could do a quick around the world I know I'm going to talk AFCON do either you guys have anything that you want to hit on Oh, it's Spain. Uh, the the games this weekend were were I, I watched all three games uh, back to back to back with uh, on Sunday. Real Madrid uh, was down two nil, and and uh, you know dodgy little dodgy refereeing decisions there in the second half. Uh, I think the, the 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 third goal for Almeria probably should have stood, but they went back and found the found the uh, found the foul. Barcelona, same thing, up 2-0. And then Isco scores two goals in about 30 seconds. Or it was really three minutes. But it, from the time they kicked off to whatever. Uh, and then, you know, they get the goal late. Um, they get the goal. And Ferran Torres finished his hat trick with a nice little chip to, to, to make it 4-2. But Barcelona was struggling in that game. Real Madrid was struggling. And then you watch Girona, uh, who went down 1-0. And then it was 4-1 at halftime. I mean, it was just – they just blew them away with three goals, uh, and, and it was a hat trick. Um, I forget who had the hat trick, the the, the kid. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dovbik, whatever – however you pronounce his name, Dovbik, um, had three goals in the span of six minutes 
and it was 3-1, and then they scored right after halftime. And th this Drona team is really, really good. They have a huge match um, in the round of 16 – or round of eight, sorry, in the, in the Copa del Rey. And, and um, you know, they're not going away. And every time they keep winning, they see Real Madrid struggle, Real Madrid wins. They see Barcelona struggle, and they go out and they, they, they win 5-1. Uh, they have one loss in the league. They're currently leading the league. They have, Real Madrid has a match in hand. But the longer that they stay at the top and near the top and keep putting pressure on them, um, while Barcelona and Real Madrid are going to be playing in, in, in the uh, Champions League, uh, it's going to be interesting. They're here to stay. And, and uh, you know, that league is, is amazing. I mean, there's just been really good games in this league. So, uh it's tough right now to say who's going to win the league. It, you know, I, I expect Real Madrid too because they're just a better team, but and they have that pedigree. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, for me, I'll go to the Bundesliga, and it was a big weekend for Bayer Leverkusen as they got the three-two win over Leipzig, ninety-first uh, minute goal uh, to get that win, and and Bayern Munich lost, so that actually puts. Leverkusen seven points ahead of uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, I know Bayern does still have a game at hand, but it, it kind of similar what what Sean's saying. Uh, I know Bayern Leverkusen's not you know the same story as a Girona is, but at the same time, you know you expect Bayern Munich to win that league every year, and the fact that uh, Zabi has them, you know, in the driver's seat with you know a little halfway through the season, that's pretty good. And it'll be interesting to see if if Bayern Munich can make a run, but I'm sure they will. They'll, they'll They'll push them, but Leverkusen has a chance to win the league, which is which is pretty crazy considering where they were about 14, 15 months ago. They have zero losses, by the way. And if you watch those every single time they've won a game over, it's coming like the 93rd minute. That yes, it's like they're blessed or something. So when you win titles, United Manchester United used to do this all the time. They have Fergie time goals, and they would get you know against Manchester City in 2013 when they punched back, you know. Um, Van Persie scored that goal in the 92nd minute and it's deflected. It's like you need that luck and they're getting every single thing is going their way and they're turning draws into wins. And that's how you win league titles. Definitely. All right. So here we go. We had absolute chaos today in the Africa cup of nations. And uh, first off the ivory coast and it, hosting the tournament is possibly on the chopping block because well <laughs> they got slapped four goals to nil by equatorial guinea of all teams equatorial guinea who i mentioned in the last show has not lost a competitive match since september of 2022 currently ranked right now 88 got their fourth and fifth goal of the tournament from emilio and sue who has been unbelievable in this tournament plays for a team called CF intercity. Don't know where that is, but you know, <laughs> I, th this is what I love about that competition. So Ivory coast is in a whole world of trouble right now. Nigeria who were struggling, got through with the result against uh, Guinea Bissau, but it was the later kickoffs in Cote d'Ivoire that were fascinating because we had a pair of two twos uh, Cape Verde islands, 2-2 against Egypt, Mozambique against Ghana. And what's really interesting is how in the shape of five minutes, we had both Egypt and Ghana on the chopping block because of how goal difference would play out, how third place positioning, because there's 24 teams. So you're going to have four 
you have six groups, four third place teams will go through, but you had goals basically flying in, in stoppage time of both matches where in the Ghana match, where he had a pair of IU penalties, then you had Mozambique score in 90 plus one. And then another Reynaldo that happened to pop up all over gets one in 90 plus four. Ghana 30 seconds earlier thought that they were through when um, Mohammed for Egypt got the second goal against Cape Verde Islands because Ghana needed help a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, after a long VAR check of the Mohammed goal, it counted because it was looking for potential handball. Teixeira scores for Cape Verde in 90 plus nine. The BN Sport feed cuts out right after that goal. Didn't see anything further on it on their apps, but then all of a sudden I see, I check my app and it's done at two, two. So you have the, uh, another team that you never talk about Cape Verde islands winning that group. I don't think anyone would have had that winning a group with Egypt and Ghana equatorial Guinea. Obviously you're not having them winning a group in Nigeria and Ivory coast. Cameroon needs to beat Gambia tomorrow in order to advance. If they draw, they will actually be lower on goal difference than Ghana. And you also have the likes of Algeria who are teetering. You have Tunisia who need a huge result against South Africa, who just put four past Namibia. And then also the likes of Morocco who looked like they were flying out of the block strong, stumbled with a draw. So, guys, this is a fun tournament. If you haven't started watching, I would start doing so. But, I'm um, begging that Cameroon win tomorrow so I can see this Turkish keeper in it for uh... – United at this point. Well, you don't want Tom Heaton to get a starting goal? I got to give this kid. I mean, he, you know, once again, he, he's good. And, you know, Onana isn't, man. He, you know, he's, he, Onana, he looks like he's diving in a, in a, uh, um, like a, like a slow motion, like a eight, eight bit arcade game or something like this, where he's like diving and like falling like this, man. But the games have been yeah. – the, the African Cup of Nations games are always chaos, and, and, and they're always great to watch. And, um, you know, the, the stands are packed. I think sometimes, you know, they the Cote d'Ivoire, obviously, is great, great, great fans of the game. And, and uh, it's good to see the, the stands packed. And, and the games have been living up to it. There's goals every game, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Absolutely. I have three words, Sean, by the way. David De Gea. So that's going to do it for us. <laughs> I always have to drop that in there. He's still a free agent. Anybody uh, could get him. We should tell you a lot about that. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for us, guys. We'll be back with our next episode on Friday. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at box to box Football or box to box ft Ball, wherever you get yours. And make sure to tell your friends about this podcast as well, because any reviews like it, that helps us in the algorithm, but we'll uh, talk to you guys next time.